Okay, I'm recording. You're recording. Oh, are we recording? Uh -huh. Oh, oh, shit, we're here. Mm. I already cursed. It's the first few seconds of the <laughs> show. <laughs> Welcome to Dangerous Frederick. This is episode 11, a very special episode with a special guest and co-host and awesome friend, Caitlin Copenhaver. What up, Caitlin? Hey. Yeah, so we've been trying to do this for a while to get Caitlin on the show and to chat with her about some of the things that interest her, which also interests us. And to chat about Caitlin's artwork, um, she is a multimedia artist. Maybe mm. I will uh, let Caitlin explain a little bit about how she would define herself. So we'll start off with that. We'll pull up your website. Yeah, this actually, uh, this definition took me a really long time. Yeah, I was like, I hate oh, writing about myself. <laughs> I'm a photographer. Oh, I'm a multidisciplinary art artist oh i'm just an artist oh i don't i don't know i don't know yeah. um so then i really landed on photographer and multimedia artist as the uh the main title for myself so, so was uh photography the first thing that you were doing was that like yes was that like your first creative endeavor or were you drawing a little bit before that or you just jumped right into photo yeah i jumped right into photography in the black and white in the dark room okay so i started that there fun. yeah it's yeah. so fun um i started in ninth grade um was influenced by brentley here yeah when i was a weed lad a wee lad <laughs> Read that. Um, and then from there, I had like really encouraging teachers and professors, and they were like, "You should keep doing this." So um, I kept doing it. But then I, you know, I so then I went to um, community college in Pennsylvania for two years. I studied fine arts, but I always knew I was going to do photo. Um, so then I graduated from the School of Visual Arts uh, here in Manhattan, and then I've been taking pictures ever since. Very nice, very nice. Yeah, I mean, I think it's uh, interesting, too, you mentioned that you had certain teachers, and I think the mentor aspect of being an artist is, like, really important. It is important totally. to have, I think, older people in the profession, or people who've at least just been toughing it out, you know, yeah. trying to figure out how to be an artist and to make a living doing that, to right. have those people to kind of pass the knowledge on, or at least to, to be, like, a sort of an example, like, hey... You know, you can do this, and even if you just end up teaching, you can you can certainly make a life out of art, despite the risk involved in that. So it's seeing those examples is incredibly important. Oh, yeah. yeah. I had a professor tell me, um, I'm going to curse, oh well. <laughs> he was like, I don't want to hear how hard it is, I just want you to fucking do it. And, yeah. um, you know, we were always talking, it was like a business of photography course. And cause we're all, you know, us students were like, Oh, how do we do this? You know, everything's been done. He was like, just stop telling me how hard it is and just do it. Just do it. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, when I'm, when I'm feeling down, I, I channel that. What's the Yoda quote, quote Brent? I don't know. Do or do not. There's no try. Do or do not. There mm -hmm. is no try. I can't do it. I'm not even going to attempt the Yoda voice. I'm going <laughs> to butcher it. So um, maybe funny. let's let's talk a little bit about what some of your work is about. Like I know you've done portrait work and those sorts of things, and you've sure, done yeah. commission stuff for Netflix mm -hmm. and for yeah. I'm trying. <laughs> for, I'm yeah, trying to look at the sorry. website too. So you've done commission work for Netflix, and you've mm -hmm. done. Um, it was it New York Magazine? New York Magazine. But you know, besides that stuff, 
I'm more interested, I think, in your like personal work and. Oh, oh what are you interested in? Well, the things that you focus on in your personal, more creative oh, work. Yeah. yeah, you know the subjects that interest you. The work that you make, literally, to just make work. It, it's there's no paycheck involved in it. And, right. You know, you make it because it's something you're passionate about, and you you have a message, something you really want to portray and share with the world, and. It's nice to make money, obviously, yeah, as an artist, and we want to make money and sell our stuff, but I think our most powerful work does not come from a motivation of profiting from it. It comes from a motivation of saying something that we feel deeply must be said, whether it's like a personal right. thing or whether it's something about, say, things that are happening in the world that are bigger than us as individual artists. Right. Well, I think that makes the most powerful art. Um, when you sit back and you ask yourself, like, what do, what do you have to say? What do you want to say? Um, once in that, you know, I've been asking myself that question forever, you know, and it's just gotten more and more poignant as I've gotten older. You know, you don't really know what you ha want to say when you're, you know, 18, 19, freshly in you college. you have sort of an idea. Like, look, when I was that young, I you def definitely have an idea. I had a lot to say when I was that young. I remember that. Yeah. never shut Shut up, man. I can shut up. Um, I, but I definitely, I had a lot to say at that age, and I'm not going to pretend that the process of saying it wasn't also important to me, trying, like, figuring out that right. identity and like refining what it is that I wanted to say because the more I spoke and said what I thought I wanted to say you know I get feedback from the world around me from other people and that process of dialogue helped me as an artist refine what I wanted to say and, and books and reading and, and studying and mm -hmm. all that but speaking as well and being wrong like being able to speak saying hey this is what I want to say and maybe I thought it was what I wanted to say and it wasn't mm -hmm. and then I turned out to realize that later because I said it and someone say pointed it out to me and then I realized right. oh well I thought that was what I wanted to say but really this is more what I wanted to say and mm -hmm. not that but also 18 year olds all have I think a lot of opinions they just don't all express them you know yeah. and I think at, at 18 we most of us think we know what we want to say or think we understand the world more than we do and which is normal you right. know yeah mm. yeah I mean we have all the beverages. Yeah, we got wine. So many here. beverages. So do you want to tell us about Mr. Epstein? Caitlin? Yeah. So again, you know, oh. I wanted to kind of hone in on that stuff that you are trying to say with your art. Yeah. What are you trying to say here? Epstein is the word. <laughs> what does that mean? So, talk about the banner that? project. Talk about the banner project. I think it's interesting. We were kind of a part of it, and I want to hear from your words. Yeah. Um. So. I've gone to the Epstein mansion to photograph it a lot. Um, and really after this, uh, you know, COVID was happening in, uh, back in March, um, I had to do a Instagram live for a gallery I work with and they, um, I was like, I want to do something that will be uh, you know, rememberable, something different, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm doing this live. Like, what am I going to do? Like, what am I going to show people that I'm working on or doing? So I was like, Brett, do you have a, do you have a bed sheet? Like, yeah, I have a bed sheet. It's <laughs> like, all right. So I took this bed sheet up on the roof. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> I remember you up there doing this. I had just a, like a, just a little bit left of like black acrylic paint and then like some purple. I was like, okay, this will, this will be fine. Um, 
And I started thinking about like what I want. I knew I wanted to write on the banner. I just didn't, or the the bed sheet, but I didn't know exactly what. And then I started thinking about you know these people as a virus um, and how uh, expansive their network is. Um, how they communicate, how they infect people. And I'm like, oh, wow, this is like a real virus. Well, there was also a certain other virus going around and being talked about and freaked out about and all of that. Yes. (laughs) Well, I didn't say anything, Brent. Come on, they're not going to ban us for that. (laughs) Oh, yeah, we should have had a conversation about words we're not allowed to say. Yeah, well. That's funny. Well, we'll like pre-warn you, I guess, and... At the last segment, too, we'll avoid words that begin with C. Just, you know... Hey, I didn't say it. I said... I'm just saying. I didn't say you said it. I just said... Yes. We could refer to it as Mr. 19. Also, words that begin with V probably should be avoided. Right. Okay, that's... Those were... Yeah, well, I said one. I didn't say... Yeah, those are hot-button words. Right. So... Right. So, um... Uh, so then I, you know came up with this phrase and thinking about that in this comparison of, uh, you know, um, I can say virus, right? That's not the, that's the well, other Well, yeah. that one's no. already out of the bag. Yeah, well, <laughs> he's talking about the other V uh, word yeah, yeah, that's yeah. very controversial right now. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, and then, you know, I sort of became obsessed with Ray, going to places where Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell have frequented or walked. Um, or in a way to just make a statement too. You totally. Know? Like the Met photo, I think, just taking the biggest, most you know prominent art museum in New York City and bringing the banner there, there and holding it up is a statement in and of itself. Even if, say, the Met is not a particular place, you can. I don't know if you can link Epstein to it. I haven't heard any links relating to it, but just that idea of putting the banner in a place where it will be seen as well. And, bringing it around the city and right um, i mean and i'm i'm pretty sure jeffrey epstein and or gillian maxwell have been to the met probably oh yeah i'm sure they've they've been to galas and things like the met gala and and all that and yeah there's a lot of you know uh dirty money uh especially within institutions um such as moma um (laughs) moma has not yet responded for comment yeah we'll get there (laughs) uh Glenn and Eva Dubin yeah. as uh, two very prominent uh, trustees, the donors of MoMA. Mm-hmm. They have a huge gallery oh, hi, on the fourth floor. Here's Radar. Oh, special guest Radar. Hey, Ray, welcome to the show. Welcome, um, welcome, welcome. No. And the, so uh, I went to the Upper East Side Mansion, uh, the West Palm Beach Mansion. Um, it's really, uh, it, it really was a project that involved three or more people yeah well the, the first <laughs> shot brent pull the pull the first shot up i like that one because that, that's kind of i think it's appropriate as the first one too but the one in front of his new york city mansion oh yeah yeah where's that. that one i like that shot. that one was in f- they're in a dis- well, these were, yeah this it's one. this one these were all in film correct mm-hmm. yeah so yeah, this one I remember you. You know, you set the shot up, and then we kind of planned it out. We went over there. We were very sort of sneaky about it. We had masks on too to cover our faces. We were, we're concerned like, for our safety. We're like for the, good the cameras are gonna catch our faces. They're watching this block. Anyway, and then you set the shot up, and then you ran over there and held the banner up with uh, right. Brent, and then you were like, you know, make sure you press it down as soon as I get over yep. there. <laughs> So it's the the film is nerve wracking too because like there's like ten shots in the camera per mm-hmm. roll, 
So once you run out, you're like, all right, let me make sure I don't waste this <laughs> every time you hit that freaking button. Exactly. So, yeah, people like to get one. like trigger happy with that camera too because yeah, it's yeah. like. A yeah. So then I remember it I feels it. nice to click it. Right. <laughs> yeah. I gave it to Kevin's mom. Um, she photographed the West Palm Beach Mansion, which she, is now gone she or was like, in the process of yeah. being. Yes. Demolished, which yeah. is interesting, too. It's great that you, you got down there last summer when you did, because I remember, like, we weren't sure if that was going to happen. Initially, you wanted Brent to take you, but that didn't work out. And you and uh, Kevin rented a car, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. I was actually down in Palm Beach um, with his parents for, like, a uh, boating thing. And I was like, hey, let's just take a do car you guys think yeah. we could stop at the Epstein mansion? Like, oh, I'm talking you? to his mom. I was like, the, ki- <laughs> the kids could stay in the car. That's hilarious. It will be like 30 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, wow. Now I'm like bringing, you know, like boyfriend's parents in a weird art project. They're probably Great. like, oh, this one, this one. Who is my son with this crazy, crazy woman? I think but, look, again, that timing oh. was perfect. Because Burying the bodies. If you didn't go when you went, to get that shot for your project you probably wouldn't have even gotten the shot no yeah it would be interesting to go back and see it now yeah what, um, what i'm what i'm wondering what they're going to replace there too like, they'll probably put a, a high rise and stick a whole bunch of apartments there <laughs> yeah or i think someone else actually bought the land i'm not completely sure yeah it'll be a vacation resort yeah florida and then i um, still love it Central Park um, was an interesting spot to do the banner as well because that's where oh, that's me. Ghislaine <laughs> um, Maxwell used to walk in the park and look for girls to recruit. Yeah, yeah. Here's one. This was across from the Bethesda Fountain, right? Which mm-hmm. is like ironic with the guy, you know, playing music wearing yeah. his mask. I love that he's in the shot. Yeah, too. me too. And he has the mask on. It's really difficult yeah. to see. You kind of got to zoom in to really. Mm-hmm. see that he's wearing it but yeah i you know i'm a fan of these these shots and this project in general i used a couple of these in my last book the manhattan poems mm-hmm. which you did the cover for and actually the the great story about the cover is that that shot was kind of taken accidentally while we were out taking these pictures for the Epstein right. project so the two kind of ended up intertwined in, in, in a way cool. and that was why at the end of the book i had to drop two of the images so i put the one in front of the met and then i put right. the one in front of the epstein mansion and, mm-hmm. and that was it you know it's like the only mention of him directly in the book although it's like there's certain things that you know implied in poems about the predatory elite you know For sure. but yeah i mean on on the epstein note there's been all these interesting developments with Bill Gates and, mm-hmm. and, and his wife. And I'm very, it's very curious to see that it's almost like he's being thrown under the bus now by the media. I'm wondering what's going on with that. Like is, and is his wife complicit in some of these things? And is she just trying to kind of save her neck by finding a way out and saying, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm disengaging from this Epstein stuff. That's the reason why. Right. But did she not know about that that entire time? Did she really only find out about Epstein and his relations with Bill in 2019? And that that's what I find so suspicious about the whole thing. I don't know. Right. What do you guys think? What do you think? Well, I don't know. I, did, I, I have no idea what she knew, when she knew it. I mean, how am I supposed to know? Like, and I think it's know. clear that, you know, Bill Gates had a very long-standing... Long-standing, deep relationship with Mr. Epstein. And they were very close for a very long time, and there was a lot of financial entanglements between them. So, 
You know, it's the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Do you, yeah, the, right. I said the same thing to Kate the other day. I'm like, well, it is the Bill and Melinda. It'd be a little Gates sexist of us Foundation. to just presume that Melinda was just like, oh, I'm just a wife. I don't know yeah. anything. Huh? Well, Jelaine is a similar example too. You know, it, like peop, there's this whole like Me Too movement and all that, and people say hashtag Me Too, but. I think one of the dangers with it, not to say that obviously there isn't a disproportionate amount of like violence that's committed against women, in a sense, sexually in particular, but the danger there is that I think this whole tend to just believe women, believe all women movement makes it easier for people like yes, Jelaine, who exist, to get away with some of the stuff they are also complicit in, and it kind of generates this assumption amongst people that there aren't predatory women, which there are. Yeah. And that there aren't psychopathic women who might be even worse than predators, might be the ultimate type, you know, no conscience at all. So, well, yeah. I think that's what something that makes uh, Gainley and Maxwell uh, particularly important. Uh, the case is sinister yeah, and sinister too, yeah. you know. And uh, I went down to the um, well, Brentley and I went down to the first hearing. I the think? first yeah. hearing. Last year was that July? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Slash, yeah, that was when we got back from Florida, right? I think it was around. Mm-hmm. Then. It was around then. Um, yeah, it was that day. Yeah, which was great. Um, badass, and a good photo. It's a badass that's, photo. Yeah, this yeah, was yeah, really the main one. one. Oh, look at that, Brent. Look at you on ABC News. Oh, who's that queen? Look at that. Look at that. Look <laughs> at that queen. Hey. Dangerous rhetoric, bro. ABC News, that we was, see you. That was crazy because <laughs> yeah. uh, Brentley and I, we could, like, we're like, where, you know, where are the reporters? You know, and we just, like, turned the corner. We, like, deployed the banner. And then we turned the corner, and all these photographers were like, <laughs> swarmed on you guys. <laughs> I wish and, I was there, man. I missed and that. It was just like I, I was like really in shock for like maybe like ten seconds. And then I'm like, "Hello, my name is Caitlin Copenhaver." <laughs> you start owning it. You're like, "Hi." Yeah, I had to give like you know the banner some autonomy or something. It was just like, you know, I was like, "Wow." I just feel like you know, photographers like we really just take. We like take and take and take and take. Yeah. And, and the, even the language behind photography is like quite violent. Yeah. And, uh, and like aggressive. Um, so it's something I'm really aware of, you know, when I'm photographing and I actually used to cry when my parents would record me, like they would like film me at like, you know, like choir, uh, like shows. Do you know why? Or you never figured it out? I, yeah, I never figured it out, but I'm like, of course I'm like, let me become a professional in the thing that I fear as a child, (laughs) the camera. It's very appropriate. (laughs) It's it's appropriate. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, So that was, like, that was really funny. But, um, uh, you know, it was great, because, like, Brentley and I were actually both interviewed from reporters from, like, all over the world. Yeah, Um, I I remember there was a few few places that had that same photo that included that same picture. Yeah, it was really, it was really amazing. And it was funny, too, because it was Brent's idea to go down there, and then it was, like, 12.30, he was like, I don't really feel like it, you know, like, classic Brent. <laughs> he was ready to bail and then, out. Yeah, and classic then, Brent. <laughs> and then I was like, wait, no, let's go, you got this idea in my head, maybe we'll end up in the news. Okay, it's like, no, it's already <laughs> happening, I'm yeah. doing it. You said maybe we'll end up on the news. Yeah. Yeah, well, we'll look at that, you know, Which right is, place, right time. Makes sense. Which was awesome. And then I went down to um, the arraignment hearing, which, which is when they just, like, list off her 
her charges, which she actually got more charges put on, which was great. Um, <laughs> which was great. And, Not enough charges, if you ask me. Yeah, seriously. But that was, and then I brought the banner down again, and kind of like that same experience happened, where like, you know, I, I was there by myself this time, so I was just a little bit more like timid, and uh, I started to like unfold it, and then kind of didn't, and then one photographer, he was like, "Let's see it." I was like, "All right." <laughs> So I like put it up, and ironically enough, there was a um, uh, a a, a mm, how do I put this without saying the word a uh, distribution center? distribution center for medical <laughs> interventions yes. for that are a of shot. a contemporary for a particular and, shot uh-huh. yes directly behind me. So, so lazy. Kind of... That's the easiest word. What? You can say shot. That's not so that bad. Lazy. That's not lazy. It's an easy one. It's a go-to. There's a lot of different types of shots. It's like, come on, YouTube. Come for me. <laughs> Whatever. I don't even care. They're I do coming. care. But I do care. They are coming. We She's do coming. Care, isn't, it, isn't it a woman? A, what the... Susan Wojcicki here? I'm not even going to try to say her freaking name. It's okay. We gave them that really nice comment. So that comment was doing well on YouTube. No, but no, for real. Yeah, we care to, in the capacity that we'll lose an audience that we need access to to give the information we want to give to. But we obviously don't care in the capacity that we're still going to find a way to try to get that information out. Right. So they can try to cancel and it's whatever. Can't cancel us. Yeah, can't cancel us. Yes, we don't want to make it easy for them. Yes, well, it's becoming more and more difficult. So because you have no self-control. I, I have plenty I of self-control. You are, I, um, you, Brent. Don't oh, get started. Please. You should bring up the mattresses. Don't get started. I remember when, uh, when I was like, oh, you know. So in 2019, I started this project where I was writing. Uh, she was last seen on street mattresses, um, and then in 2020, I revisited it. And I wanted to put them in site-specific locations where violence against women has procured or happened. That's um, Central Park, right? Yes, that's Central Park. That's such an eerie image. Go back to that one real quick. Wow. Yeah, that one. So, um... I I was like, I just want to leave these mattresses everywhere. And Brent was like, uh, it's like illegal dumping. It's like, like illegal like, oh, dumping. Shit, right, I can't do that. But like, that would have been amazing just to like leave that in front of Epstein's mansion. Like, you know. So instead, um, me... Well, you put it there, right? And you took a picture of it. Yeah. yeah. Brentley, um, I rented a U-Haul. <laughs> Brentley drove it. Um, Kevin came with us and our, um, friend Jack also came with us and we were just like lugging this mattress around for a good, like two and a half, three hours. Good picture though. That's worth it. Worth it for that shot. We did the Epstein mansion first, uh, it was the scariest. That's art though. I mean, seriously, like you rent, rented a freaking truck, got a team together, you know, took the piece, brought it there, all that to get it, to get a shot, man, to get that good good photograph yeah so, <laughs> so when people are like oh what you know what protesting are you doing i'm like i'm lugging a mattress around i'm lugging putting a mattress in front of jeffrey epstein's mansion like what are you pictures. doing like, hey i mean it keeps the conversation alive and i think right now that's the most important thing and that's that's why art is and should be at the forefront right. of any major cultural shift well, or change or- and it should be you know it doesn't ha- always have to be but i i personally like making site-specific work yeah so you want to put the work in the problem that where it exists 
so it makes sense to me to like put it there and then to put it in Central Park. And well, I like how the photos there. are also like they're set up, right? You know, right. There, there is a plan to it. Clearly, you know you're you're gonna do this thing. You have the mattress. You have a particular saying you want to put on it. But there all there's also that randomness to it, you know. You're not totally sure what the light is going to look like, or mm-hmm. you know what time of day is going to be the correct time of day where you end up getting over there, and and you never know what's going to happen in the sky either. So mm-hmm. you know, the moon's out, not out, and so there's still a randomness about it, which is what I really like about these photos. They're planned, but they're also just like violence not planned just like violence you know like someone could be lurking in central park for example and they know they're going to do something but they don't quite know where it's going to be done yet they're just waiting for the right spot the right time opportunity opportunity right victim and it's kind of you know i'm looking at the shot here and it's the same thing it's like you enter the park you have it with you you know you're going to do something you just don't know where it's going to happen yet you have to find that correct spot but Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah i moved this mattress around a couple times and I was like, this is perfect. Well, you've, you've had a few of these, right? <laughs> a few a few pictures? The mattresses. Like, oh, oh yeah, there's yeah. multiple ones. And then these, so this was at... The um, subway. Yeah, this was at Pen and Brush Gallery, and uh, the women there, like, helped me move it out. And I was like, I want to put it in the subway. And they were like, okay. Like, they're amazing. I remember you were sending uh, pictures of this to me. And I was just like, you're crazy, Caitlin. What are you doing? Yeah, it brings me so much joy, like, disrupting the public. Like, I'm like, oh, my God. Well, it's it's in a, That was the first one. It's not in, in an an imposing way or a threatening way it's but it is big a mattress is a really large noticeable thing you drop one in and a that place was, that and you write on it that was mattress where you came back with me right and Maybe. It, yeah and it was flipped over which is something over, yeah. which is something funny and yeah. uh, conceptual in in that act in of itself is you know people don't want to see yeah. i remember i was these, like caitlin you, you need to start writing on both sides so right but i i also remember it was interesting to notice that like you, you put a message on there and it's a pretty creepy thing too to find a big scrawled message on the abandoned mattress and but i guess to find that people are so uncomfortable that they feel the need to like conceal it or flip it over right. hide it <laughs> you know, they don't want to look at it it's great yeah so they throw it or they move it somewhere else and when they move it somewhere else they flip it upside down to make sure it can't be read right okay went right on both sides it's working it's working, it's working. yeah well yeah. So, look, some people might look at this and be like, oh, well, it's just a mattress. It's, you know, what's the fucking point? How is this art? It, it's dumb. And then there's a lot there's a lot of discussions to be had about the situational type of art and performance art. And maybe this is a good uh, transition point, too, to, like, people like Marina Abramovich. We can maybe chat about her. Oh, yeah. A bit, because she's, like, the most famous performance artist right now yeah she's like a pop artist like she's not an artist's artist yeah like other artists don't really like her i've seen her covered in like classrooms her early work um you know is extremely avant-garde and interesting but then you know and this sometimes happens with really famous artists they um they kind of like fold and like become factories in a way, and and you know, it, it, there's they also they don't want to get out of get kicked out of the cool club, right? And there's a conversation behind, uh, you know, or, or about you know, um, different galleries and who's representing them, and you know, artists like they get really, you know, you have to sell, so there's pressure. They get pressure from from all angles, um, but Marina really, um, she doesn't. 
I don't, you know, aside from her work, just like her as a person, I get really bad energy from. Yes, there's something. There's. And it's, uh, I was going to say strange, and I'm okay with strange. It's strange isn't even a bad thing. I don't think it's strange, but it, it is sort of like a feeling. It's like a vibe. And she also did, she worked with Bill Gates on a Microsoft yeah. campaign. Well, this, this got... But I think I canceled. Like, they actually they canceled it. They took it down. They it took was, it wasn't down. Wasn't it up for like a couple days, Brent, and then they just removed it? What, the Bill Gates thing? Yeah. Um, yeah, it was up, and then it was down. She's connected to a lot it's of interesting, about rich, affluent people. I mean, apparently... Uh, well, we, right. we, we can go into the spirit cooking stuff a bit, but just her connection with Lady Gaga is really yeah, interesting. Apparently, they did some strange ritual together. Like April of 2020. Yeah. I don't know, man. She had Lady Gaga um, like strip naked, naked right? and left her yeah. in the woods, which is actually the same something that they do with like mk ultra patients yeah. so there's a lot of overlap with uh some that mind, and, mind control implications and yeah yeah I don't, I don't trust her i don't i don't trust her i don't care how famous she is i, I don't care how renowned she I is think, look i think there's definitely like, some occult yeah, strange stuff that these people believe like in a little bit yeah. i've mentioned it before on the show but i truly think like, you know these people are into little... some occult stuff and i study the occult myself and i'm interested in those things As they participated in mock all the signs are there uh-huh. like all the signs are there man you know i don't know just... all the signs are there and what these people are doing is don't well, want to go to these magic. parties dark magic don't want to go to these parties yeah, don't want to go to that? What is that? That's creepy, dude. And, like, look at the fucking... The child, man. Oh, I of course, the child is, like, yeah. naked, too. Yeah. So how do people not see that there's something really <laughs> odd going on so behind weird. closed doors with these people? And that clearly there's there's a ritualistic aspect to it. And there is a... I don't want to say de- demonic or satanic, but I'm sure some of our, I guess, Christian viewers would be totally fine but with those terms but yes you can say demonic or satanic like a really dark kind of force that these people clearly align with or serve yeah um in some way and they i think they do it because they're seeking more power or maybe it makes them feel better than everyone you know we understand these deep occult secrets and the occult the occult world's fascinating because it, it does tend to attract a lot of arrogant people it tends to attract a lot of people who have like mm. superiority complexes and i've noticed it you know and i've even noticed it in myself just from understanding certain things that most people don't i'm so far you know? advanced uh, yeah well it's easy it's easy so big brain when i was younger i mean now i'm like uh, i've humbled down but when i was younger and I'm so humble i would realize things and see things and all these people didn't realize or see these things right so it's like it's very easy to kind of put yourself in a position where you're mm-hmm. like well i must be better i must somehow understand something deeper that they do not understand now think about someone who's an actual psychopath or is at least mm-hmm. crazy and narcissistic enough enters the occult world gets pulled into these secret orders right is told they are special that they really do have a grander purpose to serve in the big scheme and yeah. hey just do this thing initiate yourself into our order and we will grant you hey, power hey just stab this baby just stab drink this its baby. blood and rip its heart out no big deal we're not actually saying to do that youtube just to clarify yeah so. no that's 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 the description of the the ritual that's what we're saying they're probably Oopsies. doing but i don't know maybe we can't say that maybe either. i'll have to edit that part out whatever well there's also whatever. been um we saw like alex jones been now, right? musicians who have like actually spoken out yeah. about yeah, this yeah. where they you know if you're not like 
into, you know, having sex with kids, you're not going to, you know, be in their club. Or if you're not into this, then you're not going to, you know, but if you do, uh, if you are, you know, or, or if you let them, you know, do something to you, perhaps, you know, then you can have everything yeah. that you could ever imagine. And it's really easy to do that, too, when it comes to the, the difference in power dynamic, you know, especially yeah. in Hollywood you're you know a big movie producer or a major actor or whatever it is you're or a bringing T.I. and his wife yeah and you're bringing new yeah. t- you're bringing new talent in and that new talent they're looking up to you they're looking for a way in they're looking for an opportunity it's very easy to say hey you know this is normal just let this happen and if you just let right. this happen i will you know grant you this opportunity that opportunity help you in this way or that way and they normalize it's, it so much it's the same that, thing with weinstein and women right you know except this is weird and then kids. everyone knows yeah. you know it's like this open secret sure. well i was just going to mention that that you know. documentary which yeah. I, I watched the other night i hadn't seen before actually um yes it's not for a while right that documentary mm-hmm. open secret yeah striking you know anyone listening right now in our in our audience go check out the documentary open secret it is all all about the Um, child sexual abuse in hollywood which is far more prevalent than most people want other documentaries that we can recommend around this topic that are really good there's some good ones i there are frankly i think i think there should be more oh the um the nexium one on hbo you're so loud that, oh, oh, New York. oh wow we're picking that up that's yeah, crazy um which is about uh you know keith Raniere and allison mack they had this sex cult where they would brand women and but so but the but nexium was under the guise of being like a self-help group this was the uh, the story with the actress from small it's called yes. the vow yeah. oh the vow the yeah vow. that's what it's called i'm gonna go get a smoke real quick you guys continue oh yeah i want one too oh right back. i need to be um, the Val, and then also at the Heart of Gold. That's another one. That's the one from uh, Larry Nasser, right? Yes, who is the doctor for the U.S. gymnastics women's team, uh, and he was like doing, like he was like vaginally inserting his fingers in in doing maneuvers women, like to like fix their ankle yeah to help uh and i think that like now he's in jail yeah yeah they got him finally but it just shows you like these people are everywhere they're doctors they're teachers they're you know they could be your bodega guy they could just like they're all they're all over um what's another what are some other ones um documentaries yeah i don't know but everybody should read the franklin scandal by nick brown yeah it's an amazing book and it really gets to the heart of the origin of child trafficking in the Mm. u.s and it was from the 80s i actually have to read this it's it focuses on a story in omaha nebraska and it was sort of decried as a carefully crafted hoax but in light of the Epstein affair, it, it comes back to, you know, and the, one of the women involved never never recanted her story. So I think she's, I, I don't think it was a she's carefully real. cracked host. I think she was real. And I think the story that she told was real. And um, everybody should read the book. <laughs> the Franklin Scandal. Yeah. It's, uh, it's by Nick Bryant, and it's all about this child trafficking ring in Omaha, Nebraska in the late 80s, uh, mid to late 80s. 
and he trafficked kids to Hollywood, to DC, Gross. New York, and then got away with it basically. And he ended up going down for um, financial crimes. He was using this bank that he was associated with, which was the Franklin Credit Union, which is why it was called the Franklin Scandal. This oh. guy, Lawrence King. He used it as his own, like, little personal, like, piggy bank slash, um, you know, like, like he just would withdraw money from it. And he ended up getting caught, and then he went down, and then he went to jail, and then somebody killed him in jail. <laughs> oh, wow. Convenience. Poetic justice. And well, it's just to cover it up, I think, to cover up the fact oh. that he was trafficking kids. Our viewer's gonna be like, Is that ah, why they killed Epstein's Why here? are you guys smoking? It's Okay. This is Don't not a child-friendly program. Not a child-friendly show. This is for adults. Usually not. It's definitely not. For adults, whatever. Were you guys? Uh, what did I miss? We were, were talking about, about the, the Franklin scandal. And yeah. Because we were talking about documentaries to recommend, and then Brantley uh-huh, brought up this uh-huh. book. There was like yeah, a Finders. That's, that's there's one to a watch. Finders one too, which is about the Finders event in Florida, in the '90s, where they. Uh, there was a bunch of kids that were found and reported and uh, rescued, and then they were. Um, released to these guys afterward, they, they they found them like dirty, and they were clearly being trafficked. And then yeah. the FBI got involved and gave the kids back to the men, and then released everybody, and it, it all went away. Oh of course, God. it all went away. And what was that called? They were connected. The Finders. It's a cult. Ew. It's a cult. It's a cult. Kind of like. I'm not gonna go there. Let me not go there. Let me not go there. <laughs> Something else that starts with a C. I'll leave it there. Yeah, leave it there, Daniel. <laughs> Leaving it there. Mm, the cult of. Okay, Daniel, stop it. Stop, it. stop it, Daniel. I am YouTube, and I'm censoring you right Can now. Can I say branch Covidians? No, you can't. But it's that's not. It's a different too word. Much. Clo- too close, Daniel. It's a different word. You gonna get a censor, Daniel? Okay, I'm sorry. I'll stop. I'll stop. I'm stopping. I'm Jesus. Stopping. I'm stopping. What is that like? Um, oh. Yeah, so billionaire pedophiles run the world. What else is new? What else is new? That I mean, and I feel like that has gotten the most exposure to date now than ever before. Yeah, it still feels like right? something that is not being talked about enough. Right. Well, right? no. It's Which is crazy. And, I think, and yeah. I think you're right. I think it is being talked about more than ever. That's for sure. I've well, certainly seen more yeah. more attention on this sort of thing than I've ever remember seeing. But it's still, like I said, still feels like it's not enough. It still feels like it should be the biggest thing. The Epstein story, all that. It's like the Achilles heel right. for these people. They would love yeah. for it to just disappear, to yeah. bury it, for it's everyone to just stop talking about it. Everybody is implicated. Trump, yeah, right. Clinton. A lot of people are. A lot yeah. of people are. British, British royal family. A lot of people are. Hollywood. Sure. Yes. And even if, you know, even if yeah. they didn't diddle with kids, even if they didn't do any of that Prince stuff and Andrew. they're not caught. Just all the people who just knew him, you know, and were associated with him, took pictures with him, were at parties that he was at. Like, those people are all running scared, too, because they don't want to be accused of this or that, even if they didn't do anything. Yeah. They knew about him. They were friends with him. And I'm sure there were ones who had plausible deniability, perhaps, and who knows. But I'm sure it was, again, an open secret, just like the documentary title, what was going on and what someone like Epstein was really doing. And... Especially because he got caught. What was it? 2009 he got caught. Mm-hmm. In 2006, I think. 2006, right? He got caught. Yeah. He got convicted. All that stuff. You know, did house arrest and 
gets, you know, brought back into this affluent high society like nothing ever freaking happened. And that was before, I believe, right, that Bill Gates did business with him. So you're going to tell me Bill Gates didn't know? No, he knew. Yeah, Bill you Gates know? knew. Like, he didn't know? I don't believe it. 100% he knew. I call bullshit. He fucking... Yeah. Oops, Bill Gates sorry. was doing work with uh, Keelan Maxwell's sisters in the 90s over yeah. their uh, with their software. Mm-hmm. Their ComTouch software. Mm-hmm. Look that up. Yeah. And the, the you know, family origins around the Maxwells and, you know, their... Their... Uh, darkness. Connections to the Mossad. Yeah. Via <laughs> Robert Maxwell. Well, I'm sure there's there's other politicians too. I think the lower level people like Cuomo. Speaking of some Cuomo's in the people. black book. Yeah, so mm-hmm. it, it's it's it, there's different levels of it, you know, that that are tied into this. Um, and I think, like I said, it's in Achilles' heel for the elite. They would love for the story to just go away. And it's, right. up to, it's up to people like us to well, make sure it doesn't. And it's li- like Jeffrey Epstein has become a meme. So yeah. like, almost <laughs> in a way, it's kind of silly, but also it keeps it, even though memes are just like, you know, it keeps it in the public domain, sure. even on a really like surfaced level, you know? Um, there's also this there's like, benefits to memes. <laughs> we like, love memes. Hmm? Three days ago, Bill Gates thought Jeffrey Epstein was his ticket to a Nobel Prize. Oh, huh. right. It's this Daily Beast. Yeah, but it's just, it's like, it's always, it's it's in the news nonstop. Yeah. Well, like, like I said, yeah, I think it's all, fascinating. This is all over. I think it's fascinating Gates is now being dragged through the headlines connected to Epstein's name in this way. Yeah. Because that wasn't happening before. I had so a feeling this was going to I'm just wondering, you know, what... Did his wife know? How much did she know before 2019? And was she just playing dumb and acting like she didn't? But apparently Gates had, like, a long history of, like, promiscuous activity and Mm -hmm. hiring girls and stuff for parties, etc., etc., etc. So she has to have known something. I'm just... Is the Epstein thing being used now as just an excuse to cut ties with him or to distance herself and to make it seem like she didn't know so she can protect herself? I don't... I, I don't know, man. Right. Yeah, there's it's so many... Curi- the timing is curious, you know? Yeah. Like the, you know what, rolls out, and everyone's getting that, and all of this. Well, also, and all Jeff of a sudden, Bezos she chooses to split with him, so... Step down from their CEO positions... What do they know, you know? Shortly before the lockdowns began, and then they also both mm-hmm. had divorce proceedings. Yeah. And they bought up all this land, too. Well, so, yeah. but my point about yeah. the divorce is that divorce means that they have to liquidate stock, which... Under normal circumstances, if they knew that there was going to be some sort of economic downturn where their stock values were going to drop and they sold hmm. their stock beforehand, they get in trouble for insider information. But sure, because they're having yeah. a divorce, they're forced to liquidate. So they can cite the divorce as probable reason for them to. Maybe they sat their down stocks. and discussed that beforehand. It's quite yeah. possible. Oh, wow. That's interesting. I didn't even oh, think my of it gosh. that way. That's. that's uh fascinating well yeah when you think about it in terms of money and stocks sure and these people have multiple businesses mm-hmm. we're talking hundreds of millions of dollars and they, yeah and they definitely had insider information man right. like remember what uh mike was talking about from anarchy tattoo studios in our last episode go watch that guys if you haven't yet he was talking about uh his friend who was the doorman remember mm. and he said uh, at this particular building that his friend the doorman worked at like some high level people lived there and one of them i think was like a cia 
person and intelligence. And he said right at the beginning, when all this started happening and the lockdowns first came in, they all packed up and left and they were gone and they never came back, these people. Wow. So he's Moved like, they, they knew, you know, they knew beforehand what was going on and they right. knew that this, this wasn't two weeks to stop the spread. They knew that this was something that was going to be yeah. much longer. <laughs> So it, it makes you wonder, and people say, oh, well, you can't have a grand conspiracy like that. How could you get all these people to be silent about it? And my response to that is the Manhattan Project. That's my response to that. What's the Manhattan Project? The Manhattan know? Project was developing, uh, development of nuclear weapons. It was like our secret program for that. But and how, how many people had to keep a secret? Daniel? It was like over 2,000, something like that. It was, how long did they have to keep the secret, Daniel? I don't remember. A long time. Multiple years. Multiple years, mm. right? And and it was kept secret. No one knew this was happening, right? Thousands of people kept their mouths shut about it. It didn't come out until afterward, you know, that this was happening, that we were developing these weapons. So it makes you wonder how many other things really are out there like that and another thing I've talked about on the show before is compartmentalizing knowledge mm. which is what the CIA and other intelligence organizations do they you know you can have a massive project or plan play out and not have different people know about it and still execute that plan you know so like Caitlin is agent A and you're agent B and I assign you a piece something to do for this grand plan and I assign Caitlin mm. another thing to do for this grand plan and neither of you knows what the other is doing mm. and above you on a higher clearance someone knows what you're both doing but right. they don't know what someone above them is doing right. and maybe someone in a similar clearance as them um. and it's, so they compartmentalize things so yeah you can totally hatch a giant plot and people in that plot can be involved in that plot and not know about the other people being involved. Daniel, that sounds so, like a crazy conspiracy Sounds theory. like crazy conspiracy theories, but, you know, maybe study some intelligence uh, manuals and stuff. What about the origin of the term conspiracy theory? Mm -hmm. Well, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I think uh, our good friends at the CIA coined that one, which we've mentioned before. And Why did they coin kind it? Kind of been mentioned to death, but... Why did they coin it? So they could dismiss weirdos like us. Who were talking about JFK assassination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, that was the reason, you know, you can't question that magic bullet, bro. Mm -mm. Bullets bounce around all the time inside people. Yeah, all the time. All the time. So, is there any other topics you guys wanted to hit? I have a couple of things. No, there's always there's always stuff going on, man. The world moves so freaking quick. People are now eating cicadas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, What's up is, with this? this is like What's up with this? Like, weird. Eat bugs thing. They want you to eat bugs because they want to stop people from eating right. beef. So this is up for climate change. Uh, so yeah. I, have to, I have to eat cicadas to protect the planet. They're Obviously. delicious. Honestly, I'd try one, whatever. The health benefits of cooking with cicadas and crickets. I'd probably try one. Cover it in chocolate. They're a complete protein. <laughs> hey, you gotta survive the apocalypse, man. I'll eat cicadas. I don't... I'm not. I'm gonna stick to my cow. Yes, let's get some land. Moo. Get some land. Yeah, I'm good on cicadas. Become more self-sufficient. That's the way to go, man. That's so, Caitlin, tell me, what, what are your plans for the future here, besides eating bugs? Besides eating bugs. Oh, plans for the future... <laughs> How are you going to take your art to the next level? Um, ooh. Uh, um, that's a great question. I'm constantly, like, trying to, like, one-up myself. Um, well, I am still working on, you know, the clothing. I think getting... Yeah, talk, talk about that a bit. I think a getting the, the clothing... Yeah, so I have this clothing uh, company called A Line of Cope. Um... And, you know, I think there's something powerful in, like, making artwork and then, like, the artwork walking around. Sure. You know, kind of like I did at, you know, Pen and Brush Gallery for a performance. Clothes are important, I, too. I mean, I picked it's... picked up the, the coat and started walking around in it. 
Um, so... But also clothes, yeah. you know, culturally and, and all that, individually, they say a lot about a person. And it is, it's the easiest way, I think, to just make a message mobile. <laughs> right. I mean, so. and, you know, we have, we have to wear clothes. So, um, you know, if people, like, people are, like, in, in style and fashion really, um, uh, you know, say a lot about a person and their identity and what they stand for. Um, so I like to thrift uh, garments. I like always thrift and repurpose because I like using things that already exist in the world. Yeah. Because there's so many, there's so much like material to source from. I think um, that's awesome. Yeah, thank you. Right. I think that's, you know, uh, it's it's very sustainable, which is like very in. Oh my God, now. you're so climate conscious. Are you so green? <laughs> you're so I, green. And like I was doing that, you know, I was appropriating uh, even back in college when I was like tearing out. I was doing projects where I was like tearing out fashion tear sheets and like print reprinting on them and you know etc. Um, but I did always like thrifting even like my own clothes. Um, you know I think there's something really uh, nice about you know using things that already exist in the world and then giving them new meaning. Um, yeah, I mean maybe. Something that just occurred to me now, but maybe styling too is something you should get into a little more. And we've mentioned her on the show before, but Aisha Akanbi, who's oh, a, yeah. you know, a thinker, be, a thinker we really like. She's, she's a stylist as well. And she styles men, particularly. I think that's the main, her main focus is styling okay. men. But um, I don't know. That would be really interesting. She would be amazing. She would, you know, to I see feel you like... work in that field more, what I mean. Yeah. I'm not, I don't think I'm you know, I can like style, but I don't, I try to avoid it when I, when I don't have to do it. Yeah. Um, but I would like to work with different stylists like her, um, you know, and I would like to really get the clothing, uh, get more, you know, uh, photo shoots of the clothing. I would like to see what other people do with it. Um, I really like doing gorilla, uh, artwork too. And, and, um, site specific work, like I mentioned earlier, so, you know, doing projects that, uh, you know, where the problem is, like, I, I go there and I, I do it yeah. there. Um, that's really, I think that's, like, the next level, like, or a level up. How you got into the clothing, too, is interesting. I kind of wanted you to talk a bit about that, like, the coats in particular. And, oh, yeah. Because you're sure. kind of well known for... The coats, the I coats. think. Yeah. Yeah, so the coats. So that, that was kind of, that so was fun. where it started, where you were like, you know, let me try to print on fur. And my regular website. It was something kind of new that, the box you know, no one else had really been doing, and you just tried it, right? And it was mm -hmm. this new thing, and you were like, oh, wow, that was really cool. This is really fun. I should try yeah, to do more of these. And I just think yeah. it's, I, I think it's interesting that you started with photography and screen printing, and you kind of, oh, there's a mosquito. <laughs> Yes, Brent got it. Nice. And you kind of just you you fell into clothes, into I fashion, did. kind mm -hmm. of almost accidentally. Yeah, completely accidentally. Because yeah. you still screen print, you still do photography, and those are still like those were your main core things. Right. But now the clothes are so intertwined with your style, even though they're. I, I guess what I mean is it's all it's almost inevitable that you. My bad finger. Oh. Um, uh, it's okay. It's almost inevitable that you ended up starting a clothing line. Is what I mean. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, like That's of course, right? where I'm going right? with this, yeah. Yeah, so I started, um, the first coat I did was the Prey coat, and I was in, like, late 2015, and then 
I be so um our father actually gifted me this coat. He got it for like ten dollars at a thrift it's shop. Nice or, no, at a, or an auction. He got it at an I think auction. Wasn't it in the state sale? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And my mom, our mom was like, oh, you should sell that, you know, like, take that back. That's, you know, um, that's, you know, the animal activists are going to throw paint on you. And I'm like, <laughs> yes, let them throw paint on me. That would be amazing. Have they thrown Before paint it, on you yet? No, they haven't. Okay. But I have gotten plenty of looks, which is something I can talk about as well. <laughs> um, and social interactions, which is really like my MO. Like, I really want to, like, engage in dialogue with people. I want to, I want to um make people more aware of their discomfort because we're all uncomfortable yeah but it's just like how aware are we of our own discomfort and what the origin of that is too you know mm-hmm. where does that come from why do these ideas kind of make us uncomfortable and right um so this started and uh i got really i was just like really taken by you know well i was in the the computer lab at sva and i was trying to actually use these words on a photograph um and it it failed like miserably i'm like this doesn't work and then i had this moment i was like oh my god i have this like balled up mink coat in my old apartment because i was like moving i didn't even like bring it with me yet and um I was like, I'm going to bring it into the, you know, the studio and print on it. And all the lab techs were like, no, no, this isn't going to work. This isn't going to work. And I'm like, let's just try (laughs) it. Let's just try it. I was like, it was $10. I was like, if it doesn't, you know, whatever. They thought you were going to ruin the coat probably too. Yeah. You're going to ruin our equipment. You're going to ruin the coat. Well, and in in a way I sort of am ruining the coat, which is like, you know, uh, a commentary on value and, uh, you know, all of these things. So, um... But I'm actually, like, supercharging it. Like, I don't think I'm destroying it. I think I'm making it better. Um, You're adding to it. Adding to it, yeah. And so I remember I, like, brought it home. And I was like, Brent, look what I made. It's amazing. (laughs) Um, Because this was, like... Like an excited kid. Yeah, well... You know, he drew something in art class. (laughs) Right. Well, it was, like, my my breakout uh, medium from just photography as well. Well, that's what I said earlier. I'm like, it's like you start with photo and then screen printing. mm -hmm. And then you kind of fell into the, the clothes thing. Yes. Um, and like, I love working with words and language and, you know, messing up the syntax and grammar and all that stuff. Um, so this started and then I became kind of like obsessed with this idea of, uh, you know, like the feeling of being hunted, but also being the hunter myself. Um, and how that you have that potential in you as well right. you know the potential to be a victim but also the potential to be a victimizer right yeah and how often you know people who are a victim become a victimizer sure and like yeah, how absolutely. That, that like eclipse happens vicious cycle it's typically called right yeah. um and then you know pairing it with you know the prey the ay is interesting you know because i like i grew up catholic you know i i went to catholic school same same um and then you were constantly i mean not constantly but we're we're always hearing about these stories of creepy priests and priests abusing children sure um you know and how like that is a whole ring in itself yeah, and you you, you did know. some other work on that too right yeah it's hanging yeah <laughs> um and then I did the the silver fox coat. It says you are not following me. Um, that one's a great a conversation one. starter. Yeah, that is. one's probably really fun uh, to walk around in. <laughs> yeah. 
And then I took these pictures in the studio at SVA, um, where I like literally would just like get under them, and I was like running around the studio naked, like locking the door and like this putting self timer on. This coat's big. I remember putting this one on. Yeah. It's fluffy. It's yeah. Really this fun. is this is my favorite coat actually, just for me personally. Like I'm never gonna sell it or let it go. Um, you hear that, folks? Not for sale. NFS. Not for sale. Unless you got like a really good offer, like twenty grand, thirty grand, forty yeah, grand. Yeah. Come on, guys. That's okay. It's okay. Bid for it. No, uh, not for real though. Someone came up and was like, "Caitlin, I'll give you a hundred grand for that coat right now." I would probably. Give You'd it probably it. sell it. Come probably, on, be real. I probably hundred grand. <laughs> no, I need that. I need that hundred grand right now. It's more immediate than this coat. Maybe a hundred grand in. In, in Dogecoin. Dogecoin. Dog money. <laughs> I was going to say Bitcoin, but I was like, Dogecoin. In dog it. money, bro. <laughs> you guys aren't in dog money? You're missing out, man. Dog out. Get on that dog money. Dog it's hot money. right now. It's hot. And then, you know, from from the coats, I also started doing performance work. Yeah, it's like the coats Which almost become think... these sort of... The coats become subjects of your photos, which is what I found so interesting about this mm. this work that you do, is that, yeah, the coat is a piece, right? But then right. you can now take the coat, put it in a position or a scene or a place, photograph that, and now that is a new piece, which the coat is sort of a model in or a subject. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I um, So I picked the coat up one time... Um, at Pen and Brush Gallery, and I started walking around the the space with it, and I acted as a predator for an hour, then I acted as prey for an hour. Um, so that was, like, a really, like, that was also, like, a breakthrough for me, in a way, as far as, like, performance art and me discovering... That you wanted to do that. That I wanted to do yeah. that, and I really love provoking people. Yeah. And, like, I'm never trying to teach anyone anything, I'm just trying to, like, go like this but that does you teach. know and it does that's teach. the thing no but that's that's In an way. important point though it is very important it's like often the most important things we learn do come about from a sort of shock to our system where we thought we understood something that we didn't or maybe we were put into a situation that we had never been put into before which shook us up you know uh, made us reevaluate who we are as people. Made, um, a, made us who reevaluate who other people are. This understand? is the uh, the Catholic priest yeah. abuse a thousand children and PA. This one's interesting because it's like we have it like hanging in the living room, <laughs> so it's always funny like when mm -hmm. people like come over and it's just like they're kind of like wait what why is Boom. that hanging there? So it's like well it's living there for now. It needs a place to live, you know. Yeah. But it, it is an odd sort of thing to hang in the living room when guests come over. Yeah, I have to, like, remind myself that, because I'm like, that's not weird. I'm well, like, we're, okay, planning, a little we're weird. planning a show now and stuff, so it's okay. Yeah. It can hang in the living, living room a little longer. Obviously, we're not uh, condoning this stuff. We're trying to uh, promote it, you know? And then this is the one that's I mean, promote, sold, you know, awareness great. of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The nicest person you will ever meet. Which is actually um, the title of a, um, a chapter in Martha Stout's book, uh, The Sociopath Next yes. Door. Great book. We highly recommend uh, that. Yeah, Martha Stout. Yeah. That Shout will be on our reading list, which I'm working on, by the way, so anyone who's visited the oh, website, amazing. we have a reading list section on the website, which I'm working on and adding books to. That's so. a really good idea. Yeah. So, yeah, no one knows what to read. Yeah, it's dude, it's a, it's important. There's a lot of people I found who don't know where to go with that stuff, so I figure any books we mention on here that we really like and promote, they'll just be on the website so people can mm. find a place oh, to geez, find them if, in case they forget, you know? And then I really, um, you know post coats i started doing uh like video performance yeah 
which was great. So I did instructions for commuters, um, which is a one through 20 step of what I think I would do if I were to be abducted by a cab driver. Yeah, this... Because I think about it all the time. This, Yeah, this one is crazy. I remember... Uh, didn't you put this, like, in a sort of isolated room, too, when you first showed it? Like So, that was from another video called AMPM, okay. um, Eastern Standard Time, and... Is that the one where you get abducted? Yeah, so... Kevin. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting abducted, like, various ways. Um, and this was in a storage closet where they put their fold-up chairs, like, for events. And, uh, one of the curators, was, she was like, we should take the chairs out and put monitors in there for, like... And I was like, that's a brilliant <laughs> yeah. idea. We're I remember that. walking into this room and I was just like, oh god, it's so claustrophobic. But it's it, great it, it adds a vibe, yeah. Too. Because your back is literally against the wall. You know, how things are shown and how they're installed is contingent upon, you know, the concept itself. It just, like, it adds another layer. Yeah. So I'm constantly thinking about what people are going to have to be doing with their bodies when I'm, like, building an installation and how that yeah. is... So that is, uh, it's another layer of the work. Well, this one, it forces you to sort of be claustrophobic with the very uncomfortable sort of videos, right? right? To, to further that uncomfortable feeling, I think. And yeah. sometimes, like, I'm not getting abducted, and I'm perfectly fine. And there was another, there was three screens, so there was another one kind of, like, right, I took a picture, so these two, but there was one um, in front of these as well, or behind me, I guess you can't see. Um, so that was, that was a good one as well to do. Wow. I miss exhibits. I wonder when we're going to be able to do this sort of thing again yeah. in normal spaces without diapers on. Is there any more? <laughs> Quiet, Daniel. Why? It's a diaper. I'm going to kick you off the I didn't specify social with, media platform. I didn't specify what type of diapers. I just I said diapers. Just, uh, you so. be quiet, Daniel. Let's see. Okay. <laughs> Because they're funny. I'm watching you. Is there anything It's watching else me. Here? Well, YouTube's watching us. So, and we're watching oh. you watch us, YouTube. We see you. Watching you. This is the zine I just right did. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about this a bit. Which so. was great. I really, I really like this. Thank you. I like it because it's like, not it's sort of like your first book, but it's not. It's a book, but it's like. Yeah, because it's also book. like not totally a zine either. Yeah. But it's not. It's like in between a zine and a book. Well, I described it as like a portable gallery. It's sort of like a, like a gallery you carry around in your hand. Yeah. There's a lot of collage work, there's some poems in it, there's a mixture of photography and your text work and mm -hmm. it's it's a good mm -hmm. I like it cuz it's a, it's definitely a good like expose of your style and range. Um, yeah, obviously without the video stuff in there cuz you can't have moving books. This isn't Harry Potter world yet, but Fortunately, soon we're getting there. We'll get there where I can open my book and you know the pictures move and talk to me or my paintings start moving around like freaking Hogwarts. Let's do it. It'd be amazing. <laughs> When's it gonna happen? You get pulled into an abduction story. Oh no, my gosh! Nah. That my. Well, I mean, if they man. opened this, they would get pulled into Epstein's mansion, probably. Ooh. Probably. <laughs> yeah. Well, because there's a page that I have that's just like a compilation of all the people seen leaving yeah. the mansion. Um, it's like Woody Allen and his wife seen uh, Tuesday this date leaving the mansion. It's like, like Woody Allen and his wife have been seen leaving the mansion a lot. So it's called During the Day but Mostly at Night. I'll read the description. Let me read it here. So, Caitlin Copenhaver. Oh, this mm -hmm. is just my... Do you want to... Oh, is this your bio? This is my bio, yeah. Do you want to oh, read Oh, I wanted the... to read, yeah, the description of the book, maybe. Mm -hmm. Let's see. This is... So, yeah, During the Day but Mostly at Night, Caitlin Copenhaver... 
mm. who we are sitting with. Mm. Um, so 30 enigmatic pages commentating on the consumption, perceptions, information, predators, violence in the world, and my own personal experience of things happening around me. How do I contend with the post-truth climate we reside in? Through language, photographs, and journal entries, I invite the viewer to enter my mind. As I reflect, introspect on this question and unveil these concepts. It is political as much as personal. I return to the scene of a crime, literally with my body, to bring back a glimpse for the viewer through image and language in order to help us make sense of evil, to shine a light on darkness, to encourage others to seek the truth. I liked what you said there, that you returned to the scene of a crime literally with your body, which is, you know, yeah. with the mattress project is sort of what you're doing too, but also with the banner as well. Totally. Yeah. Uh, I have painstakingly collected a series of headlines from various sources over the past two years up until present day that depict scenes of a crime that have since been forgotten. These include events, names, quotes from victims, times, and dates. I connect these headlines to money and power, and adhesive for predators. Mm. So yeah, this you know sort of touches on some of the other things we've already touched on, obviously. But the halls of power, the dark things that go on there, the the praying right. that happens—not just uh, you know among you know against women, but children in particular—which mm -hmm. I think is the biggest open secret mm -hmm. there is. So, but you know, talk a little bit about this, like what what how did this come about? You know, the idea for this. Um, so I was like scrambling over this for like, quite a while and I, yeah, I saw you working long hours on it. Yeah. It's like what, you know, it went through like many transformations. Um, I was really thinking about like, again, you know, like the, you, it, it was great for me cause sometimes I get a little, I, I get a little widespread and I have to just like go deeper. Um, so I, it was a good, um, I work well with parameters and like assignments. Sure. So yeah. this was like a really deadlines great, are helpful. Yeah, deadlines I need are them really helpful. To be honest, like. um, so this was a great uh, project for me to do with the parameters of a book, but conceptually I could really go like anywhere with it. Um, so, of course, you know, with the you know the my previous interests behind uh, predatory personalities. Um, abduction, child trafficking, sex trafficking in general. So I want to keep it along like that vein, but also have it be very, extremely contemporary and timely. So, um, so you know, I I have my hair here, <laughs> which it, I got like a. I, there was a period of time where like I, I cut my hair really short. I remember. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I was like, oh, can I keep that? She was like, yeah, you know, talking to the woman cutting my hair, and uh, and she braided it for me, and I kept it. Um, and then I just scanned it in the computer, the the scanner that we have, our printer that's just like so kind of shitty. Why the cut off hair though? I'm kind of curious about. Well, it, it feels like a piece of evidence. Okay. You know, it's, um, it's, uh, really like mysterious and eerie, but also really beautiful. Um, yeah. Hair too, symbolically mm -hmm. is an interesting And it's like choice dead, too. dead hair. Well, cause well. hair is connected with beauty. It's, it's one right. of those hallmarks of what we consider beautiful on a person is their hair. You know, right. what I was commenting on their hair, but that that's. Well, and hair is very much. I haven't a, thought about it as evidence. That's a cool way to put mm, it. Yeah, and hair is like very much alive too. So, 
you know. Uh, uh, and cut it off. And yeah. Like cutting it I off, yeah, you yeah. know. So it's tied to power too, you know, the Samson mm-hmm. story. You know, mm-hmm. he cut, cut, cuts his hair off. He loses his power. Very, very interesting. I haven't thought... Like, I looked at this cover for a while, and I I myself have been sort of trying to piece together. I just never asked you about mm. why the mm-hmm. hair. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Interesting, interesting. You guys should go check this book out. Uh, where can they Where can they find this? Um, it's Pen so, and Brush's website, right? Yeah, it's on Pen and Brush's website, but you can you can just get linked to that website through my website, yeah. CaitlinCopenhaver.com. Yeah. Um, so yeah, go to CaitlinCopenhaver.com and look for it during the day, but mostly at night, which is 32 bucks. It's not that much money. Beautifully printed, thick, glossy, like lovely paper. Like it's nice, you know, I almost mm-hmm. want to go grab a copy and show them. But it's like, oh yeah, you can yeah, get one. Yeah, why not? And then Jeffrey texted me, I don't know if you guys want to go want to meet the puppy next door. Oh yeah, yeah we, we, could, we can wrap it up right here, but. Here's a copy of it, guys. Let's see what it looks like. Mm-hmm. The scan code. So what was this? Yes. Let's ask about that again. So um, the QR codes are something that are like really uh, prevalent right now. You know, when we like go out to eat, and uh, you know, they're they're kind of everywhere. And I do like talk about the consumption of people, kind of like how we consume food and it's like all this like form of consumption um so the qr code is like a you scan it um and it's like a this kind of like doom scroll of missing po- missing people posters i'll hold it up closer to the camera Dan. what's the scammy code no i mean not the scammy code but scammy like code. as you're flipping yeah i'm just flipping through it finding some interesting things uh these were interesting these photos here Oh yeah. Can chat a bit about them mm-hmm. since they're on subject. Yeah, so these are these are all pieces of evidence as well. I see Mr. Bill Clinton in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's and then it's Woody Allen and his wife. Woody Allen. Naomi wife. Campbell. That's Virginia Guffrey when she was uh, a, young a young girl. girl. Yeah. And that's her with Prince Andrew yeah. as well. Well, like I said, open secret. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, people saw these young girls around and I'm sure there were many of them who had their suspicions if they didn't at least know, you know, at least had their suspicions if they didn't outright know what was happening. Uh, something personally that I like a lot is there's a section with um, Andrew Cuomo that is seen on, there I do this, It's you can't really see it anyway, but it's on the New York Gov website. Um, and it's Andrew Cuomo saying, no matter how rich, how big, or how powerful an institution you are, predatory behavior of any type will not be tolerated in New York. For years, Mr. Epstein's criminal abusive behavior was widely known, yet big institutions continue to excuse that history and lend their credibility or services for financial gain. And then you flip it, and it's a headline of New York Governor Andrew Cuomo accused of sexual harassment by four former advisor. Yeah. Which and that's only actually grown, you know, to yeah, like what there are, nine there are women now. And Andrew Cuomo's yeah. also in Jeffrey Epstein's Black Book, um, so it's it's just clearly like you know these politicians have private personas, me and public think personas. Dust, what does it burn? Me think thou, me think dust. Protest. The lady doth protest. The too lady much. doth protest too much. Me thinks. Me thinks. Is the line? Yeah. Well, Cuomo not buying it i mean like yes like innocent until proven guilty and all that stuff but 
come on, man. There's a, there's a whole lot that implicates that guy. I think there's a whole lot yeah. that indicates he should be investigated and at least, you know, thoroughly looked at. Lock him up! Lock him Lock up! Him up. Lock him up! Alright, let's not. Call for jail. Alright, I guess uh, we can call it there. You know, we'll do we'll do another one of these for sure. Caitlin yeah. will be a recurring guest. We'll have her on often, and we'll be chatting about art and the Epstein story and the government, the plot thickens, all the crazy stuff going on in the world, the shadiness, the shadiness. But again, thanks for watching. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube because it does help us. You, smash you know, the like button. Smash the like buttons. So um, leave a comment. Leave a comment. Share on your social media. Check really out helps the website, dangerousrhetoric.com. Mm-hmm. And also, we're on Spotify if you prefer to just listen, although you'll miss the really cool visual aspects of the stuff. Do you stuff want to shout out your about. socials, like your IG? Yeah. And where, where can people find you? Oh, yeah. You can find me at uh, just at Caitlin Copenhaver. Um, and that's my Instagram and caitlincopenhaver.com is my website and a line of cope. a line of cope yeah you can find a separate K-O-P-E. Instagram separate website yeah. uh, you find me cope. at cope. Dan Delafay on Instagram um, I'm also on Minds and you can find uh, the Dangerous Rhetoric page on Instagram as well and follow us there we post lots of great memes and funny stuff alright All right, we love you bye bye take care Yay. see ya